Shine 1049 is Spokane and Coeur d'Alene with Lorenda Ray. Darren Potts are with us this afternoon, too. We have a really special guest with us today, our brand new mayor, Nadine Woodward. Welcome, Nadine. Well, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Well, and talk about an initiation <laughs> into local politics. Yeah. So congratulations, by the way. I know you've been a mayor now for a year. Yeah, a year um, and a half. A yeah. year and a half. Yeah. This year, I'm sure, wasn't anything that you were expecting. And so how did you feel about getting kind of thrown into all of this? Well, you know, I have to say the one question I get asked most is if you knew you were going to walk into a global health pandemic right after being elected (laughs) mayor as a first time uh, politician, would you have run? for office. And I I tell people, you know, it's a good thing we can't look into that crystal ball and see what's coming down the pike because if we did, we wouldn't want to get out of bed someday. So I tell yeah. people, you know, I really believe that there's a reason for everything. God doesn't give you more than you can handle. This has been an incredible test, but he's given me the ability to do the work. And and it is what it is. We get to work. I have a great team. I don't have to do this by myself. I really believe I'm here for such a time as this That's in this right. space. Mm-hmm. So No, it hasn't been easy. No. But, you know, kind of back it up a little bit. Maybe tell us a little bit about, you know, are you from the Northwest? Tell us a little about your family and your years and news and then how you got onto that road into local politics. Yeah, I'm a Washington native. I grew up on the West Side, mostly Vancouver, Washington. Um, You know, I've been in the business or was in the business of broadcast journalism for 35 years. Wow. 28 of those in Spokane. Worked at two stations here, Creme for 19 years, KXOY for almost 10. Um, But my husband and I moved here in 1990 for our our jobs. He's also in the business. It was at the time. And we thought this Spokane would be maybe just one last stepping stone to get to the west side because both of our families are there. And after a year or two, um, we bought our first home. Then we had our son. Then we had a daughter. And we started putting down roots and realized, why would we ever move from this place? It's so wonderful. So we decided to stay here. We raised our children, built our lives. And then after 35 years uh, of being you know, in, in journalism and on the TV side of things where you know, the, the industry was changing so rapidly that I just thought it's time for something else. There must be this job, doing this for 35 years must have prepared me for something else. And so I thought, um, I've loved being a, a journalist. I've loved telling other people's stories. And I've been blessed with each person I've met. And then I decided, I wanna be one of those people that does great things for their city, like the people I'm doing stories about. What job? Lord could be most impactful for my city. And I thought, you know, run for office. And which office should that be? The highest office in the city. Right. Why not? And um, so I decided that, uh, yeah, I was going to throw my hat in the ring. Ran a very grassroots campaign. It's a nonpartisan position. And, and I ran the campaign that way. I didn't take endorsements or money from any political party. I didn't even use infrastructure or organization from any party. I, I pretty much did it on my own as a first-time you know, person running for office. And thankfully, I'm, my name identity and the fact that people knew me was extremely helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> 
and um, you know won the primary, went on to to win the election in a very very close race at that point. Mm. Yeah. So what's that like on election night? Just give us a feel for you're probably <laughs> at a hotel or something. Remind <laughs> us, and then as you're seeing those returns come in, did it happen that night? Did you have to wait a couple of days? How well, did that work? I, you know, it was uh, that night. It seemed surreal, I have to say. Because when the numbers came out within minutes, uh, my opponent gave up because I think he knew that the numbers were not going to pan out his way. However, in the week that followed, the numbers got much, much closer, uh, almost to the point where we thought there might be a recount. But that didn't happen. And and I went on to, to be certified and win. So it was exciting that night, but then a little scary the next few days and finally (laughs) get certified. Exactly, exactly. But I, you know, I went to work the day after the election. Um, In transition, I knew that there were going, there was going to be a lot of work to be done and there were a lot of positions to fill. So, and then three months after I started in office, you know, COVID had started a little bit before then, but then everything pretty much shut down the middle of March. So... Uh, yeah, everything changed. Yeah. And uh, I don't remember what it was like to be mayor before COVID. I'm um, looking forward to being mayor afterwards so right. I know what it's like to be mayor outside of a global health pandemic. Right, because you never really got to have that honeymoon period. <laughs> it, it was very short, that's for sure. Before, before we move on and talk a little bit more about being mayor, can you reflect on your almost 30 years of TV personality work. I know you you won a Silver Circle Award, mm-hmm. and that's pretty exciting. So give us a little more of an insider view of what that's like for those of us that have never had that opportunity. Yeah, I think the one thing that really sets being a broadcast journalist apart from maybe some other journalism jobs is uh, when you're on television every single night and people invite you into their home to watch you, you become part of their family. I mean, they may never meet you in their lifetime, but the fact that they welcomed you at dinner time or before they went to bed, because I did the 5, 6, and the 11, Monday through Friday, newscasts. So you'd be out on the street and people would talk to you as if they knew you. That's something really special, the fact that you can connect with total strangers in a way that a lot of people in their jobs don't get the opportunity to do. So that was always so rewarding. And it was such an honor that people would see you in that light. And that really, I have to say, it really hasn't changed much since I've been mayor. I I Mm. think because I came from that place and I'm here now, they see me in the same way that I'm very approachable, I'm accessible. They come right up to tell tell me everything on their mind. And and I and I welcome that. I I, I really like that. You know, being a broadcast journalism is um, a wonderful job. I, I got to meet so many great people and report on so many stories in over three decades. You know, so much has changed in our city, and what a great place to be now as, as mayor to have seen the transition and the progress that we've made over those thirty years, um, and to be leading the city. Who would have known, like I said, through a, a global health pandemic? And uh, But I think we're, you know, the city of Spokane, we're very, very fortunate uh, as opposed to other cities. And I, and I want to thank the city council and our former mayor, David Condon, for their, you know, real stringent fiscal management of our budget so that we were in a place because we had lots of reserves that were saved up that we don't have to spend a lot of the money that's coming into our community. We just received $40.5 million this month. We'll see, receive another 
another $40.5 million next year in May from the federal government on the American Rescue Plan funds that we don't have to spend our money to shore up operations like so many other cities will have to. We can use these funds to fill gaps, you know, whether they're businesses or families that need extra help, maybe they didn't qualify for some of the other funding that has come our way, or to make one-time investments for our economic recovery that will serve us well for, for years to come. So I think we're in a really good position. But as far as investments that we can make to, to help fund programs that um, have been able to keep people employed so that they can continue to do that work, make economic investments to make businesses in our economy more resilient in case the next pandemic hits, which it most likely will. Uh, And then strategic investments, I would say, um, like in neighborhoods, business districts, there's going to be a plethora (laughs) of needs. And we're going to see that as we come together and work as a city to identify what some of those needs are. And then we're developing a process, too, in which people can reach out to the city through a portal, kind of like what we did with the CARES Act funding. You know, we got two rounds of CARES Act funding and people could go through a portal and um, make an application, whether they were a nonprofit or a business or, or whatever. Getting back to life after COVID, how are we doing? Well, you know, we're getting closer and closer to that 70% of initiated vaccination rate so that we can open fully. The governor announced, what was it, a week or two ago, that as soon as, if we can hit that earlier than June 30th, we'll open earlier than June 30th. If not, then then that will be our open date. But we're getting close, and we've been working on trying to get more people vaccinated, lots of clinics, lots of opportunities out there. And that's what it's going to take, really. I think right now businesses are learning how to operate under some of these restrictions. We're at 50% capacity. Many of them, though, are just making it. I mean, they're still Mm -hmm. just at the point where they're making it. They need to get to that 100% and beyond. And so I think on the other side of COVID, especially opening up with these summer months, they're really going to be able to utilize that extra space in addition to being back at 100% capacity. So hopefully that will help. Well, you know, along with COVID being a huge deal for our city, homelessness is huge. I am seeing more and more homeless folks on the streets these days. What are we doing as a city to help combat that or to bring some relief to those that are are finding themselves in that situation? Yeah, we just um, made a huge announcement last Thursday of our shift in how we're addressing homelessness. You know, a silver lining that came out of COVID was the fact that that pandemic forced the region to work together and partner with our, our, our regional municipalities. You know, we've been working with the county and the valley and all the other cities within the county and really all of eastern Washington. But that set the framework for how we can address lots of issues in the future, like, Lorinda, you said homelessness, a shift in how we're able to better utilize resources, assets, and partnerships mm-hmm. to address homelessness. So we're doing a couple of things within the system that we have that will actually move people out of homelessness, not just keep them where they are. So utilizing this, the shelters that we have, Cannon Street, for example, on the mm-hmm. west side of town, has typically been our warming center just during the winter months. We're going to begin operating that shelter year-round. So it can be a warming center in the winter, but then a day shelter in the summer. We've not had that space before with a city anyway. And that's where homeless can come off the street. They can get a a shower. They can do their laundry. They can get a meal. They can charge their electronics. They can be connected to, to resources. And that 
shelter I see as being kind of a referral point to what we're doing with some of our other shelters. Last year with CARES Act money, we worked with the county in purchasing uh, the building on mission, which is the way out shelter operated by Mm -hmm. the Salvation Army. Mm -hmm. And right now during COVID, that's been a drop-in night-by-night emergency shelter. It will close at the end of this month, June 30th, for some renovations. It will reopen this fall as a bridge housing model. I'm Mm -hmm. so excited about this. This is a program that works to stabilize people. They come in, they're referred by a provider or by outreach, you know, groups. They're referred to the Way Out Shelter on Mission where they are stabilized for 30, 60, 90 days. They live there and they have wraparound services that will help them with mental health or addiction or employment to move them out of homelessness and into housing. And then the other shelter that we're working on, this is also very exciting, is a young adult shelter. We received Department of Commerce funds to operate this shelter. Volunteers of America has been identified as the provider for it. They run the Hope House. They do great work in our city. They're gonna operate the young adult shelter. This is for 18 to 24 year olds, young people who are aging out of foster care or could become the next generation of homeless. But they're the demographic that has seen the most success. If we can get them early off the streets and help them with job training, jobs, and, and housing, then we do prevent that next generation of homeless. That is so awesome. Mayor Nadine Woodward is our guest today on Shine 1049. Shine 1049 for years, 20 plus years, has taken a once a month uh, meal down to crosswalks. We're very familiar with, with the youth shelter down there. As I was mentioning, the silver lining of COVID is that we're all together now, regional partners at the table in addressing homelessness. So it's the city of Spokane, Spokane County, the city of Spokane Valley. That's never been done before. It's been talked a lot about, but we've never all been at the table uh, having conversations and making decisions together. And I think that's what's so powerful. I've always said homelessness is not just a city of Spokane issue. Mm -hmm. Homelessness is a regional issue and we need to be funding it discussing it, having conversations, and working to address it. And that's what we're doing for the first time ever because of COVID. It's pretty remarkable. It really is. But I see, you know, regional partnerships on a lot of other initiatives. I mean, we have a housing crisis right now. Mm -hmm. We don't have enough housing and people are moving here from other cities in huge numbers. There's a steady migration of people escaping large cities because of what they experienced during a pandemic maybe some of the the political atmosphere in those cities defund police being one of those we don't do that in spokane you know we we finally got the four-year contract that had expired with our police department we finally got that supported and approved by our city council and and we didn't defund our police Um, we are we are looking at reform talks we've we've had our first stakeholder group talking about police reform for Spokane. Now, our department has already implemented dozens and dozens of Department of Justice and all kinds of reforms. They are a model for what other departments should look like and want to look like. In fact, the majority of the police reform measures that were passed by the state legislature this session were things our department was already doing. Mm -hmm. Now, 
Can we always be better? We can always look at ways to become a better department, whether that's increased training, more behavioral health units, which I would say are very, very successful in keeping people having a mental crisis on the street, out of jail and out of the uh, ER. And that's very beneficial for our for our police, too. So expanding programs like that. But this community supports its law enforcement. This community supports our men and women in blue. This is like the easiest edit I think we're ever going to have. When you've had almost 30 years in television as a personality, you don't have to edit out a whole lot of ums and ahs. <laughs> Our guest today is Mayor Nadine Woodward. Honored to have her in studio here at Shine 104.9. So stepping back a little bit from the the policy and, you know, the more business and political type of things, tell us a little bit about what's a day like in the life of a mayor. Oh, Just wow. obviously there's no typical day no. we can understand that. Wow. Well, as you mentioned, it's never the same. It's always different. Hours change. Meetings with people change. A lot of meetings. A lot of meetings during COVID at my desk, which is not a typical mayor's day, right? So thankfully, now that we're moving toward the other side of this uh, pandemic, we can get back to being with people like with you guys here in the studio. That's what I live off of. I I feed off of, you know, engagement with people and co- making connections and building relationships. And so I look forward to that. But it is, it's a lot of meetings, a lot of decisions, a lot of pivoting from, from one issue to the next and walking into this meeting, walking out and into another and making tough decisions and having tough conversations. And I'll tell you, I spent the last year and a half building a relationship with our city council. You know, I walked into a space where, and no blame on anybody, but a former mayor and council that did not get along. And I knew I could not start my administration that way. So I've spent a lot of time building relationships with with the council president and the other council members. I meet with the council president every Monday. I meet with council members regularly. And with the balance of the council being kind of a six to one, I'll just say a political difference, I needed to lean in on what we could find as common ground and work through compromise. You get more through compromise than you do from drawing a line in the sand. Mm. And, and so building those relationships so that you can build the trust so that you can have the tough conversations when you don't agree on things. Yeah. And we don't agree on everything. But you know what? I can walk across the seventh floor of City Hall and find a council member and sit down with them and talk to them about it. That's how you get things done. Yeah, that's right. That's how you resolve differences. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say has been your favorite experience? What's your favorite experience so far being mayor? What is your least favorite experience? Hmm, well, COVID, obviously, right. the least favorite, and that's um, dominated most of it. Right. But there's been lots of good things that have come from it. I think the, the best thing is getting to know that we have such an incredible employee base at City Hall. Our employees, one of the things I wanted to do as as mayor was to be able to tell the story of our employees. They are the unsung heroes. They do all the work. When we have a windstorm, have to go out and, and clear public spaces and parks. They pick up the garbage. They make sure that the water is running. They they do so many fantastic things. We have so much, so many innovative and talented employees. It's it's really being able to get out in the community and sing their praises. And just thank them and just be so grateful that, that we have such a great city hall with, with wonderful workers. Can you tell us just a little bit, Mayor Nadine Woodward, about your family? I have a uh, son who's going to get married this year. COVID uh, postponed his wedding last year. And he's 28 years old. He's getting married to his high school sweetheart. They've been together 10 years. They're getting married in South America. 
So um, that'll be an experience at the end wow. of this year. Looking forward to it. I, we, we're a family of travelers, so we, we love to travel. Uh, and then my daughter is 24 years old, and she just came home for a couple of months. She graduated from the University of Washington and is getting her master's in cybersecurity from uh, Arizona State University. She needed a landing pad. Home is your landing pad, no matter when or where you need us. So, yeah. So those are my kids. Uh, I've been married 32 years to my husband. We own a small business in Spokane, a video production business. We worked together at three television stations before that. We don't see a whole lot of each other. I'll just tell you that. He's busy with the business. I'm busy with running the city. And and we see each other on the weekends for the most part. But, Yeah. (laughs) And you're also a person of faith too, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. I have leaned on my faith a lot during this past year and a half. This is not something that one person can do themselves, so. So tell us, give us the update on Riverfront Park. Well, you know, one great thing, a silver lining out of COVID is activating our public spaces to provide uh, a place for events and people just to get out when they couldn't do a lot of things inside. So we use Riverfront Park, uh, the pavilion, to be a winter market during the winter when things Mm. were really shut down during the holidays. We had a holiday light show. Uh, Now we do food trucks. The North Bank, we just unveiled a couple weeks ago, completion of Mm -hmm. the bond from several years ago, the $64 million bond. So we have an interactive playground. We have a skate park that is out of this world. We have public um, mm-hmm. basketball courts that it, we work with uh, Hoopfest on and that the Arts Commission will paint murals on the actual concrete base of that. And then, uh, you know, we're moving forward on the Spokane Stadium, which is going to be right in that area, too. So the whole north bank of, of the river and the park is seeing a huge expansion and growth. And it's a very exciting time for Spokane. Watch the kids in the skate park. It is so entertaining. They are absolutely eating that up. It's a skate and wheel uh, park. So you'll see bikes and skateboards, just roller skates and inline skates. I mean, you'll see everything there. Yeah. Well, it's really cool. Then Darren will fit right in, right? (laughs) (laughs) Mayor Nadine Woodward, our guest today. Thank you so much for your time. Any final words that you'd like to share with the Shine 1049 listeners? Oh, well, just, just thank you guys. I want to thank your listeners for, for their support. We live in such a great community. And I really, I know how hard of a struggle the past, you know, 15 months has been for so many individuals and families. And if, if I could ask uh, a prayer request uh, of, your, of your listeners, that would be for the mental health of our community. Because when we get out of this, I think the mental health is going to be impacting us for years to come, especially our youth. Mm-hmm. You know, I get to go into the schools and see the kids, especially when they first got back to the classroom. And one thing that one of the administrators had mentioned was these kids have lost out on so much in their youth and they need to be socialized and in classrooms. And I would just ask your listeners to really pray for the mental health of our community, but particularly our youth. They're going to need a lot of help when we get on the other side of this because that impact, I think, will be with us for a while. Well, thank you so much, Mayor Nadine Mm -hmm. Woodward. Thank you so much for coming here today and for spending some time with us. And you're welcome back anytime. Oh, I would love to. Thank you so much. (laughs) Great to talk with both of you. Shine 104.9